Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton's rivalry fires up in the Saudi heat. Christian Horner and Toto Wolff are showing why they're at the top of their game, and our boy Daniel Ricciardo finishes fifth. All this and more in this Saudi Arabian Grand Prix review episode of the Racing Line podcast. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Racing Line podcast. Gents, it's good to see you again. Two boys. What a weekend we had. Mate, what an awesome weekend of racing. So guys, tonight we're going to be talking firstly about the um, most recent Formula One race that took place uh, at the city circuit in Jeddah um, early this morning. A controversial race, um, I think is probably the, the best way to describe it, but uh, took place in the early hours of the morning. It was quite an interesting race. Uh, we had a few red flags uh, to start the race just due to incidents. There was a you know pretty um, hard incident between Latifi and uh, I, I don't want to, I can't really say who it was. I think it might have been Mazepin to begin um, that brought uh, out. He ran, into, he ran into uh, Russell. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Mazepin into yeah. Russell, not Latifi. Um, so you can go look up look up those highlights on YouTube because it was quite an interesting start to the race. Uh, and then we'll probably dig into the meat of the of the controversies uh, with the boys tonight and, and kind of get started there. So, men, good evening. Thanks for jumping on. Where do you reckon we should begin with this one, guys? I reckon we should begin with the three race starts that we didn't um, notice we are going to get. Yep. Well, I, t- I woke up at – I tried to wake up at 4.30. I couldn't do it. And then I woke up at six o'clock and I couldn't believe that there was still more than half the race to go. So that was the first thing that kind of made me start thinking something might've happened um, to start this race. And then obviously going back and watching the start of the race this afternoon, that definitely was the case. Um, So we'll start with that. I think, I don't know if that was the first incident or the second incident. No, I think Mike Mike Schumacher was the first, wasn't he? Yeah, Mick Schumacher was, uh, I think, turned 23. Yep, very that was in lap ten or something, wasn't it? Yeah, eerily they, similar they, to the clear crash. Yeah, they it did was a pretty decent chunk of racing before mm. the silly buggers started. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the people that were started just outside the top ten managed to climb a few places. Like it was, you know, the Ferrari and the McLaren, Ricardo and um, Science managed to jump a few spots because they were obviously yeah. out of position. Yeah. Um. So there was a fair chunk of the race, and then all of a sudden. Shit just hit the fan. Yeah, there was like yeah, there was even a there was even an initial pit stop. So the race had well and truly mm. got started, and then um obviously Mick Schumacher. Well, if you haven't seen it, go go watch the accident. It was pretty pretty big accident, very similar to what we saw with Leclerc in practice on Friday. Um, that brought out the first red flag, and then to begin off the second restart, um, Mazik and Mazepin went right into the back of um of George Russell when everybody seemed to check up in that first part of the race, which brought out, you know, another huge accident and brought out another red flag. Um, within that time period, um, the Mercedes had made a pit stop, gone on the hard tyres, and then obviously with Red Bull staying out for a little bit longer, they were able to capitalise on that red flag and change to mediums Um with you know a free pit stop in the in in the pits during that particular time, so it kind of gave Verstappen um, a little bit of an advantage there. Um, the resumption of the race was fairly, 
I think tame would be the right word to begin with. Oh, actually, not really. Verstappen made a um, a mystic move, opportunistic move. Yep, <laughs> that ended up costing him, you know, three positions going into the second restart. Um, but he very quickly rectified that with a with a great move into the first corner, um, where he passed both Ocon and and Hamilton, and Hamilton got shuffled from first back to third, um, and kind of the race stabilized a little bit then we can say once we get to lap 37 and sorry if i'm monologuing but i'm just trying to explain it for those people that might not have watched um hamilton was making a fairly hefty uh, gain on 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 verstappen who was in the lead um and going into the first corner uh verstappen you know kind of pushed him off the racetrack uh, and then redressed his own mistake by cutting across the staff, uh, cutting across Hamilton, um, and then going through that first corner made quite a big advantage. That's probably the first thing that we'll talk about in a second, boys. Um, Red Bull then asked him to redress that in the next lap or so, and Hamilton slowed. Uh, sorry, Verstappen slowed down on the right-hand side of the track just before the DRS zone at the end of the lap, and Hamilton um, went up his rear end. And, and did some damage to his to his uh, front uh, front spoiler. So that was probably the the two talking points of the race. Realistically, um, let's just jump straight into it, boys. Who are we pinning the blame on for this race or for these particular incidents? Maximus Verstappen. I would I would say the first one um, around corner one is one hundred percent Verstappen's fault. Um, that. He was never going to pull that up. And uh, and you were saying, oh, they both ran wide. And so the only reason they both ran wide was because um, Hamilton once again had to take some evasive action. That's the second time we've seen something like that. And I think it's just not a good look for the sport, but even for Verstappen himself. Yep. I think that one deserved the five-second penalty. I, I, I can't I can't even argue with that. I think, yep, fair, fair blame. Second time we've seen it, go for it. The second one, I think... Is a much more interesting because, as um, even like you hear the commentators say, there is a big wind. There's a big gap on the left hand side for um, for Hamilton to go down for, for for a substantial amount of time, and I couldn't understand. And and you heard the commentators say it as well why he didn't just take the um, like why he didn't take the opportunity when it presented itself, and then. By the end of the, like by the time like he slows down behind him, then he then Verstappen does the um little juke to the left, and I think that they were sort of coming up to the braking zone as well. Then so I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but there was there was a, a substantial amount of time there where, where Hamilton could have just gone through, and you knew what he was trying to do. He was trying to let him go on the um at the um. DRS detection zone because he did it again a couple laps later and then they said no that's not that's not counted do it again kind of thing um, so the second one I, I can see a bit of grey area I don't, know, I don't know why Hamilton didn't take it um, but the first one 100% I think is a Verstappen naughty let's just stick on the first one then and get that get a bit of consensus among the group Harry you kind of I don't think you've got a whole lot opposing Joey to say that to this particular incident, right? No, I think he's just, um, we've seen it in, in recent races since the Mercedes has kind of become the better car. Um, 
Max is throwing that thing around, and I think he's trying to compensate for the fact that the Merc is has made those steps. Um, he, he's he's in he's trying to compensate for that as well as keep his lead his lead in the championship. But I just think some of the moves he's doing are ridiculous. Like we saw it in Brazil. It didn't it didn't affect the race result, but you know it could have easily. And same here. Um, in terms of the the brake check, did you guys see the onboard? Of Max, yeah, yeah. he sl- he was in third gear on the straight, yeah, just but- before just before Lewis hit him, like, yeah. and then jigs to the left, like you you see him turn to the left, like for me, like- I think in Lewis's defence, I think he might have thought there was another incident. The fact that Max was slowing down so much, and I know they get I- the little thing up on the on the on the screen, but his team hadn't told him yet that he was I able think- to pass Verstappen. I think he sold that that story too well, to be honest with you. And I think not people are asking enough questions of Lewis in that. In the first instance, I think, I genuinely think that Verstappen was very aggressive. I think that he deserved to redress. Like the first thing that I thought of after watching that particular maneuver was, gee, you better redress that if you don't want to get a penalty. That's the first thing that I kind of took from that turn one incident. Um, yeah, is he overstepping the bounds of what he should be doing? Yeah, I, I believe that he probably is. Is he trying to compensate for a car that at this stage is probably a little bit inferior to the Mercedes? Sure, that might be part of it. Um, but I think just the reality of the situation is he's trying to win the championship. And, you know, we we very... I, I think we don't... Re- we're in a position now where we think of some of the greats in our sport that we hold in such high esteem, people like Michael Schumacher, people like Ayrton Senna, um, who at this stage, you know, 20 years removed from their racing exploits, all we remember is the great, you know, championships that they won and things like that. But these same drivers, um, at you know, while they were racing, had very similar, you know, issues that were brought up in their careers as well, where they were kind of doing everything that it took to win a championship. So I think that right now, yes, we're looking at some of the things that Verstappen's doing and saying, yeah, they are rash and they, and I'm not going to, I don't think that it's irrefutable what his, what these particular maneuvers are. Um, but at the same time, I'm quite buoyed to see how hard he's fighting to, to keep this championship. And I think he's, he's doing everything he can to intimidate Lewis and to be perfectly honest with you, he's up till this point, he's been in a position where he's got the race advantage or the points advantage. So he's pretty much putting Lewis in a position where he says, if you want to get past me, you're going to have to drive through me, Um, which obviously is, you know, something that's difficult for Lewis to do considering that he needs to finish the races and try to, you know, bring points back into the championship. So for that first particular move, yes, I think he needed to redress it but I'm not particularly upset with the length that he's going to, to try to win the championship because we look at some of our previous races and champions of the sport and they've done very similar things. I think it's part of being a champion. You think, think Max sim- is, yeah, sorry. sorry. I think people aren't using as an excuse is stupid. Number one. Hmm. I mean, um, people using what as an excuse? Oh, that Schumacher and, and, and Senna did this shit so everyone else should be able to do it. I think it's a stupid excuse because I think everyone's known even since then that they're, they're definitely, when you watch that stuff back, it's not like, oh, yeah, what a champion. It's like, oh, yeah, he was a bit of a, 
bit of a um, bit of a knob doing that, and 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 even hindsight, it doesn't change it. Even watching that um, Schumacher documentary a couple of months ago, I was like, oh yeah, it still doesn't change it. Um, I honestly yeah, think the, he's. I honestly what, think. Go for it. But the point I was trying to make is, yes, they've done those things, but it still hasn't deteriorated from how we perceive them as champions. And we're just in a position right now where where Verstappen is still in his career. So we kind of look at it, you know, we might look at it a little bit more negatively now, but 10 years from now, 10 years after he's finished racing, right, you will look more fondly on those particular scenarios or you won't consider those scenarios as much. I'll you just remember him as being a tough racer. I'll, I'll say this. Hamilton... For all for all the shortfall and people might have with him, has never pulled any stunt like this. The worst stunt he's ever pulled was slowing it down to try and get um, Rosberg swallowed up in the pack at Abu Dhabi. I mean, this <laughs> I, I don't I don't condone I don't condone this. I I don't I really don't think it's um I really think it's a bad look for the sport. Um, I've lost what I was going to say now. Oh yeah, I honestly think that. Any momentum that Verstappen's had, he's got so caught up in this game of um, come through me um, to beat me. I think they've literally lost any momentum that they that, that they have had. All these things he's done have not worked at all. Like none of them have worked. It's just taken time, and they and and he's either ta- um, he's just held himself up, and and Hamilton's eventually won the races that he's been trying to do this stuff up. The only thing I honestly believe that he's just trying to make an accident for him and Hamilton, especially you watch this like this next race, I won't be surprised if it happens again because he knows that he's got more wins and the points are the same. So if neither of them finish, guess who's crowned champion? And I honestly, I hope to God that the season doesn't end like that because the start of the season was awesome. And the end of the seats ever since um, probably Silverstone, but more Monza, it's just been a park the car in these weird positions and and let's see what happens. I, I really haven't enjoyed these, like the way this racing has turned out at all. I think and, we have... Sorry, go, Harry. You were next, mate. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, do you think... I've got a couple of things. Do you think he is finally starting to crack? Because everyone's been saying all year how cool and calm and collected he's been. Um, how he's just been going to the races... Um, just collecting those points, collecting those wins. And it seems like the championship fight's not phasing him. Um, and secondly, um, I forgot the second point. But yeah, do you think he's finally starting to crack? I, I, I don't really think so, to be honest with you. I don't even think that it's, to be honest, it's phasing him a whole lot. Joe, you made the point that he's, the fact that he's trying to put the car in these p- odd positions to to intimidate Lewis is detracting from his, from his racing. But over the last six races or let's say the last month or so, it's been pretty obvious that he's in an inferior car. I think that's a fairly objective point to make. And by inferior, it's, it's, it seems from the pace of the Mercedes that it's not even a little bit, it can be in some circumstances quite substantial. So his only defense to try to keep some momentum in the championship is to kind of throw around a doozera. And he's do I think he's do like listen. If I'm a Hamilton fan, I'm not going to be happy with it. Because it because it is it's it's very much on 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 the you know racing on the line. But from his point of view, if he's trying to win a championship, he's just not going to let Verstappen uh, Hamilton go past him. 
And I think if we saw that from him, we'd be saying he should be doing more to make this a fight for the championship because that's that's the reality of it. If he just lets Hamilton get past him because he's in a faster car and just resigns to the fact that the faster car might win the championship, it would be saying, why don't we see more fight from you? It's the same argument that we make from Valtteri Bottas, not, who's in the same yeah, car. But I, I refute the, the fact that he's in a slower car. Like, look at the qualifying lap when he hit the wall. He was two or three tenths up. Like yeah, he's not. I know race pace maybe he's a little bit slower, but he's not doing this shithousery in the qualifying. He's doing it in the race. Yeah, but yeah, his but car's he, not that much slower. If you if you think about it, Hamilton is, is, has been coming back from behind most of these races. Mm. But if 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 you're so worried about letting him get past you, you're not thinking about what's going to happen after that. I mean. With these, with these street circuits especially, you have such an advantage with the slipstream and then also the DRS zones. I mean, just get, get back into that mode like Hamilton's been doing. Why, why are we, we trying to cause incidents? And, and I said this incidents, I mean, the first one especially. I mean, the second one, I'm not going to judge that one because it could be taken either way, but it doesn't look good no matter what. But it's, it's like, instead of trying to cause incidents, let's get on with the job. Like, maybe try and... Build build a um, I mean that penalty that he got stuffed him up from going for the fastest lap. Look what like happened. Something... Like you can you can say let him get past and then I can make, then I can try to get past him again. Look what happened once Hamilton got past him with a broken wing. He was doing lap fastest lap after fastest lap. He built four he built four seconds in four laps or so. It wasn't even tires were different. I understand that, but that you've got to take into consideration that that Verstappen knew that he was on mediums and that Hamilton was hards. So it would have been even more in his mind that he can't let him past. So you can say, yeah, I can let him past and then I can see if I can come back at him. But if he knows the situation and he's a pretty clubby guy, right? I think we can't, we can all, you know, say that he's a, he's a pretty clue guy. He knows racing that he would have been understanding the situation and realizing that if Hamilton did get past, it was going to be very difficult for him to, to make it back. The next thing that we touched on a little bit earlier that might be a good point of discussion is obviously the second incident. Now, it seems pretty popular opinion that people are saying that Verstappen brake checked Hamilton and dropped down to third gear, etc. Those things, you know, all debatable but if you obviously i've watched the verstappen on board i've I've seen that he's gone down to third gear i've watched the hamilton on board i've never seen a racer see a car slowing down in front of him without any safety boards or anything who his first reaction is to get behind him into single file right i've never seen that we've seen cars blow up in front of other drivers or slow down unexpectedly in front of other drivers before your natural instinct is to move around that particular car. And in this particular situation, Hamilton did the complete opposite of that. Now he can say he wasn't told from the pit, from the, from the pit lane. Okay. You can make that claim. And if, if the, if the data suggests that in the, in the, in the radio, then that might be something to talk about. But if I'm, if I'm Hamilton and I see what's happened at turn one, where he's literally driven me off the track. The first thing I'm thinking, if I'm, if not telling the people in the pit lane, is he needs to give me that position back. Okay, that's me understanding the the situation of the game that's being played. So when he sees 
Verstappen slowing down, I don't buy at all that he thought that there was an incident up ahead. Okay, he realized that there was a DRS zone ahead. Verstappen also realized there was a DRS zone ahead. That's why he slowed down to let Hamilton go before or go ahead in that particular area. He, there was a bit of games gamesmanship there as well. I won't deny that. But for Hamilton to say that he was just unaware of the situation, from my point of view, is a cop-out. He understood the situation, but he didn't want to take advantage of it because of the DRS zone. And then obviously... I think when you see Hamilton uh, Verstappen moving off the line, it's actually, I think the case could be made that if you see someone backing up behind you and then they're not moving, you know, around you to, to get past, you might turn in a little bit and see if they go around the outside of you. Then obviously he turns in and Hamilton turns in at the same time. There might just be a bit of second guessing then, then that becomes a little bit of a cluster, but like that whole second scenario is a little bit more ambiguous for me. And then for them to give him a 10-second penalty, um, I think is debatable because I think that Hamilton had a lot more to play in that situation, but he's kind of sold. Like, regardless, I can be, you know, in any situation, and if I'm confused and run up the rear end of someone, right, just because I'm confused doesn't mean that, you know, I'm necessarily not in the wrong. And, you know, we saw in in Bathurst just, the you know, a couple of hours before, um, Anton Di Pasquale you know, his engine giving way going through the cutting, which is a blind corner, and four cars were able to get around him on a track that's half that wide. So I don't know if I buy the whole, I didn't understand the situation and I thought there might have been an incident ahead. I don't know what you guys think about that monologue. I actually agree with that 100%, to be honest. I, got, I, I mean, can see your point, yeah. In the, I mean, they were both playing a game and they both knew what they were doing. And... I think that's the, one of the first times I've seen a car that's coming from behind not get penalised for an incident where it runs up the back of someone. Uh, Particularly when you, like, he would have, if he was, didn't understand this, the, the particular scenario that he was in and if he didn't expect, you know, the position to be redressed, then that actually says a lot more about him. And, I'm, I, and think, I'm, I, I don't believe that he... He didn't understand that situation. I just think, you know, he played the game a little bit as well to obviously get the DRS. And then I don't know if it's because the people record, reporting on, you know, Formula 1, you know, majority of them are British and they're obviously favouring their their driver. And that's kind of why the narratives become, you know, or the narrative that we hear in Australia is 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 like that. But I think that there's a lot more to that particular scenario. Than, I don't think that. That, that the British showed any... um any favouritism to Hamilton in that situation, I'm pretty sure that the coverage had pretty um, if you listen, if you, watched, if you watched the post-race interviews um, on YouTube, there was... It was, it was Buxton. No, it was, the, it was like, you know, people from the race, people from, like, a lot of British yeah, you know, journalists. I'm, t- from, I'm talking about Martin Brundle watching it. Oh, no, you know, I, I, think, I, mean, I, think, I think Brundle actually said, you know, was, you know, pretty spot on. He kind of, yeah, he was I a think, bit flummoxed about Hamilton not making it around him either I've never, when, you, when you say have, have talk about the drivers when they come up to an accident and and their reaction times and being able to go around cars i think that's 100 right um I, I honestly think that that accident gets to a stage sort of like when you're walking in the shops and you you and someone in front of you are, are heading for a collision and then you both juke to the same side and both juke to the same side i think it had that that kind of awkwardness to it. it got to a stage when it was sort of awkward like that and neither guy knew what the other guy was doing. And then 
they sort of had that that little altercation. Um, but I mean, I don't really think this one had was it was anything like the other one where it was, it was nefarious. I think it was just uh, Verstappen's playing a game. Hamilton realizes he's playing the game, says, "No, I'm not going to let you do it." and sort of gets caught out with that little juke. And, and even, the thing is, even with that little juke, I mean, that means that even if he didn't juke, he was still going to run into the back of him because he, he didn't really change up his pace. But I don't want to stick to that until I think it was just a weird racing incident. It was, it was weird, though. It was really, it was it looked really awkward. It reminded of Baku a couple of years ago when Vettel, Vettel rear-ended. Hamilton, who 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 break checked in that scenario, just to kind of uh, Vettel break checked Hamilton, play a bit again. No, Hamilton no, break checked Vettel, and then Vettel came up beside him and hit him. Remember? Was it? It yeah, was in the yeah. safety car, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's different as a safety car. I think that's yeah. But I'm just saying lies. the game the game has been played before, so for it to you know it, it's there was definitely a game being played, and I think it was both parties contributed to that. Accident, so I don't. That's the only thing is I don't understand why there was that ten second penalty. If anything, I thought you know you both played a role. Race on, as, I, you know, it's a racing incident. I think they must have looked at the uh, on board and thought there was something there. Otherwise, your, I can't see why. What's your your opinion of the on board, Harry? Mate, for him, they're going down a straight, and for him to gear down so quickly to third gear. Um, you know, those, they're, they're eight-speed gearboxes. You know, they're, they're traveling at... We did see a long wind-down. of like we, It wasn't like he, he jolted to a stop. It was it was a gradual wind-down. Like yeah, but I think the... he was in fifth, and then all of a sudden he's gone fourth, third. And at, if you... Yeah. In those cars, you're pulling up at a, a rate of knots when mm. you're gearing down like that. If you're... If you're... If you're expecting someone to come past you and then you see they're decelerating as well, then your natural reaction is to decelerate further so that they get around you. And then, to be perfectly honest with you, a Formula One car can um, go from 100 kilometers an hour to zero in 15 meters. Mm. So that's you know, what I mean. There's still, there's still more than enough performance in that car to negate that particular incident, I think. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think Hamilton's I, I very see lucky your... as well, though, because if, uh, as I say, his, his front wing actually breaks off, mm. then we might see a very different complexion in the championship. I think the only... Okay. Re- I was just going to say, I, I, I think it was Max at fault more so than Lewis, but I definitely see your point of view and I can if, see where you're coming from. If Max, if Max didn't have the run of incidents... Before mm. that one, do you reckon you, the way you thought out would be different? Probably, because that, that was yeah. my other point. I think the way he's been driving in the last three or four races, it's kind of boy who cried wolf at this point. I definitely um, think he's 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 sort of like stained his reputation this yeah. year a bit. Like he's he hasn't helped himself or the way people think of him, or well, not no. think of him, but definitely look at the way he races. Um, I, yeah, I th- I think he's amazing. I just think he needs to tidy up those little those little things. I'm actually, I was thinking about this today after the race. I was thinking when he when he came to Formula One, he had a very, um, like his reputation was very much like this, like putting himself in these stupid positions in terms of fighting for positions. And then he got told to pull his head in by uh, Christian Horner at one stage and 
he did. And 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 since then he's really been one of the the sort of the better races in the championship. And 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 now that the stakes are highest, um, and he's constantly under pressure, always having to answer questions about, oh, how do you feel if you lose this race? Or how do you feel about your incident in qualifying? How do you feel about the speed that Mercedes have found? Blah, 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 blah. I think that the it's it's the pressure's mounting on him and he, ha- he definitely hasn't handled it well. Uh, I don't think he's feeling any pressure. I really he's don't. Honestly if feeling you, pressure. If you, listened, if you listened to his, even his post-race interview, they're asking these questions about these and he just, I don't know if you've watched it, but he pretty much said, I don't really want to talk about it. It's happened now. It was part of the racing. We're moving on to the, the last race of the season. The, the championship's tied and I'm excited about the, you know, having a one race, you know, fight for the championship. I don't think he's feeling the pressure as much as we're talking about. I think we're building it up a little bit more. And if and you're talking about the stakes being really high. So I'm going to come back to the point that I made before. If the stakes are that high and you're racing for a championship and you've got a, a driver behind you, which in most situations he has, okay, trying to make it through to the lead of the race, why wouldn't you be doing everything that's humanly possible to at least make it difficult for the person? I think that's that, what he's doing. That, that, you know, that is such it, a stupid analogy because that's like, saying, that's like saying in a game of rugby league, you're playing in the grand final. If the stakes are really high, why don't you go coat hanger the halfback and send him off the field for the in the first minute of the game? I'm, I'm not that's saying that. Much, that's pretty much the exact analogy. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that you are going to do things to try to get that other team off their game. We, you know, and I'll come back to what we were talking about before with Bathurst. We were literally watching that race, you know, six hours before. Somehow, Windcup and Van, uh, Van Gisbergen gets ahead of Mostert halfway through the race. Going through turn one, what does he do? He brake checks Mostert, pulls the whole field behind him up to each other. And, you know, there could have been three or four incidents there if only just to make a little bit of carnage that might have given him an advantage over the faster car that was behind him. And we talk and we look at that particular scenario and we kind of say, oh, that, you know, is, you know, craftsmanship, racemanship, whatever you want to call it, you know, part of the game. And that's kind of revered. But in this particular scenario where you're racing hard, trying to win the greatest championship in motorsport, right? You're going to say if someone's behind, you're going to take try to take that prize off you. You're not going to, you know, fight with everything you've got to not allow that to happen. The way you race a, a V8 supercar and the way you race a Formula One car, two totally different prospects. That's not the point you I'm making. Yeah, but but your your argument is in a 161 lap race around one corner of a start, check, brake checking the fastest car in the grid and trying to put him behind you a few cars is the same as when it's a one-on-one dogfight. Um, putting your car in stupid positions and and if there wasn't barriers running your car and the op- opponent's car into a wall because that's that's what we're that's what we're talking he's about. running that's- him off the road he's running him off the road let's be clear what he's doing but then when Hamilton got past Verstappen a couple of laps later he did exactly the same thing he ran him off the road and they say that's almost the black and white flag so we can't say like it's coming from one side. And now you can say, yeah, Hamilton's re- retaliating to Verstappen. That might very well be the case, but he's engaging in the same activities to, you know, improve his chances for the championship as well. I just yeah. think that you were, we're talking about it as if 
these people are just robots and if they're gonna if they're meant to win the championship they will if the car's not good enough they won't and we've got someone who's you know we talk all we talk all the time about oh we need people with character people that are going to try to you know spice up the championship this guy's fighting for the championship with everything he's got and all of a sudden that's a problem now I agree that he should have got the penalty. I agree that he should have redressed the position at turn one. I have no issue with that at all. But at the same time, just because, you know, he had to give up the position doesn't mean that he should not try to make it as difficult as possible for Hamilton to pass, right? And he screwed up. He should have redressed the position. But I would say, keep trying. Keep making it difficult. Don't just let someone who's going to try to take your championship, you know, through on the outside as easy as possible. That's the point I'm trying to make. I've said everything I have to say on this. Um, I can see your your points. That's for sure. Anthony's getting fired up because we're disagreeing with him. He doesn't like being wrong. No, I just think that I just think that Didn't we're you talking. Know that he's the he's he's the oracle of truth. He's the he's, pastor he's... pastor Bahaja. <laughs> I don't know where this. I don't know where pastor. Where did pastor come from? Like what? What like, did I do? Because you you give clergies, you you go monologue and you you preach. <laughs> he gives <Eulogies>. homilies. Homilies. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gospel I just I, I think Anthony. I think we you know we we've been starved of genuine racing for so long. Right? I just think you know, Max doesn't have to be such a dipshit. That's all I think. He can yeah, do it but, in other ways. But then, like you, the point was made a little bit earlier about Hamilton um, backing up the grid for you know thirty laps to try to get people past Rosberg. How is that in any way different? You know, if you not if, running how, him off no, the track. No, think about it. No, he's not running him off the track, but he's doing everything that is humanly possible to make it difficult for the person he's trying to race in the championship. Yeah, but he's, now but he's, he's not in he's not in a position to run Rosberg off the track because he's ahead of him. So all that he can do is back up the train behind him. So you can't say that he's racing at his potential and doing the best that he can to win the championship in a clean way. He's doing everything he can to make it difficult for the other cars behind him. And that in itself can be dangerous too. So you can't, just, you can't just say... the pace of a race is dirty, but it's... In, it's an unrealistic it's, it's, pace of the it's race. Within, it's within the rules. It's, it's within the guidelines of what can be done. Running cars off the track... Consist and that's the word consistently. Like this is not a one-off. It's, it's thing. four times. It's four times we've done yeah. probably a thousand laps this year. Yeah, four Anthony, times it's, in, it's, in the last five races, maybe. It's it's okay to defend Lewis Hamilton. You don't have to hate him all the time. I don't hate him all the time. I, I defended him last week. I made hey, I defended we, him because of his helmet. Week. That doesn't count. No, talk? I defended him because of his moves. <laughs> I defended him because of his moves. I've always loved his helmet. That's what he said last week. Huh? And, I, and I quote: "I've always loved his helmet." I said he makes he made um, the moves. I said he made the moves he he deserved we, to. And can should we have won can we race. can we move on from this now? Because I think we sound like a broken. Nah, because I feel like I feel like I've nah, you, I'm over. I'm done. I'm yeah, like we've, we've agreed debate. with your points, but it's not the like only thing. This, I feel like I'm I'm won, I've won this. Can debate. I just say, Daniel Ricciardo restarts. Holy shit! The boy's on fire. Yeah, he's done good. I was really happy with Ricciardo today. I yep. think the amount of restarts helped him as well. Let's not say it like we had. No, I what? think it ruined him. <laughs> the boy, he reckon? was on hard. He was on him and science were on hard tires. I think if the race doesn't get red flagged twice, I think they go further. I think they go. He probably would have ended up fourth or fifth anyway. Like, but yeah, I think he, he would have made the on track uh, passes. I, only th- I honestly think he did. He um he sort of answered a bit of his mm. um criticisms he, from the last couple of races that we've been out of the discussing. Um, he beat Lando again. Um, 
I yeah, I, finished 10th again. Yeah. I want to talk I'm, about um, Esteban because honestly, yeah. that was a surprise, a pleasant surprise. And man, I was gutted for him on, on that last lap because I wasn't. He, you were, I wasn't, I was gutted because out of, we've been talking about um, the midfield battle and the Ferrari and Mercedes and, and sorry, the Ferrari and the McLaren battle that sort of has t- uh, has sort of lent to Ferrari the last couple of rounds. Alpine are coming on strong too. But Alpine have had a really good end mm. to this. Like, well, two two podiums in a row. And yeah, the, the the circumstances of the races definitely dictate a bit of that. But but um Esteban had shown pace all weekend. And I mean, the race definitely didn't help Botas, but to be to be there or thereabouts in that mix for third for the whole for the whole race, literally to the last straight, I think was applaudable. And even um, bringing home a, 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 um, a haul of points from fourth is still another thing that's great. I mean, they're sort of out of every battle now, but I think I they've mean, cleared out, cleared ahead of um, Alpha Tauri, though. Yeah, so and, definitely and, and, to, and to and and just to finish the season strong with two podiums in definitely the last three races, and who knows what they're gonna do um, next race. But it's definitely a great way to end the season and get some morale going for the new era, that's for sure. But if we look right. at it, if we look at it realistically, mm. Renault in 2020, Ricardo cons- consistently finishing in the top five. Yeah, um, he got a, he got a couple of podiums, but he was consistently, uh, let's say, top six consistently. Ocon top ten. So this year, yes, they've had a race win, but that was because of well, the whole issue, the the incident that happened on lap one when you know the top five or six cars got taken out. Um. Yeah, Alonso did really well last weekend. But other than those, and this weekend, other than those three races, kind of Alpines have they have they done better this year than they did last year? Well, the, the, I think there's the, four better cars ahead of them that weren't there when Ricardo was there. McLaren have pulled mm. their socks up immensely since then, and so have um, so have Ferrari. So it's a lot harder for them to make mm. those third, fourths and fifths that they were doing two years ago. I think that's definitely part of the conversation. Especially, I think this year, this is a, this is a real weird year because we know that these cars are going to be defunct at the end of the year. So the game you're playing is how much money do we have to spend to get ourselves into a position that we're happy with the prize money that we get without having to spend an extra cent that we're taking off our R&D for next year and time. So, I mean, if, if Alpine went into the season and said, we're happy to finish sixth. Are they sixth or fifth? Fifth or sixth, fifth in the championship. Um, take our bag of money and we don't want to spend a, a cent more than what we have to to achieve that goal and work that into our budget for next year. I mean, that definitely would have an impact on their season. And I'm not, I honestly think a lot of teams have done that. I think McLaren, we've definitely seen that happen towards the second half of the year. Um, I think... I don't, I don't know about Ferrari because their car's been consistent all year, and they but they've come on stronger than the second half. But I can't see why they would have injected more money in there unless they wanted to secure third in the Great. championship. Yeah. But then also we said that McLaren have shot themselves in the foot over the last couple of races. So I mean, judging like that, like what what was their target at the start of the year would be inter- like interesting to know. Like if you could be privy to those those conversations. Ah. Um, I mean, even look at like Williams, like we definitely saw 
the car improve at the start of the first half of the year. And then we can you can definitely tell there was a stagnant when when it was like, all right, that's that's as good as the car's gonna get. You know, like you can definitely see that and, and you can see like Haas have spent no money this year. Like literally you can you can see it in the results, but you can also just see it in the way it behaves and the pace. Like it just hasn't changed. It's still shit. So that that's interesting um, conversations that you'd love to be part of, and you never will be. Um, Speaking of Haas, of, what is that? Speaking of Haas, do you think you keep Grosjean in the car with Mick Schumacher? They outperform Alpha or Williams? No, nah, because he wasn't really. They were outperforming Williams last year, but not not Grosjean. Sorry, Magnussen. No, nah, I don't think so. No, nah. I think Magnussen Magnussen would have been better than Mazepin. I rate, yeah, but, him. But I rate being a, like being a better driver in a car that is like that that car is worse in every condition to the Williams. And last year it wasn't that that yeah. wasn't the case. Mm. Like it is honest, it is has that that car has not I think has gotten out of Q Q one once with Mick. Yeah, I think Mick. Yeah, Maybe in the that's wet. It. In the wet. In the wet. Like yeah. it, like last year, George Russell getting out of Q one was like a rarity this year. It's every race. And I'm not saying like getting out of Q1 is like the benchmark for like what you want to be doing. But like, yeah. I think that definitely shows Q, getting out of Q1, I think definitely shows um, the development of car, the development of the car. Like if, if you can never get out of there, you know, you've got the worst car on the grid. Uh, yeah. You've also got to take into consideration that if, Magnuson's in the car, not Verstappen. They don't have all that money to develop the car further. So, I mean, Mazepin. We, Mazepin. Yeah. Um, well, they're not developing it. They're, I think they're just getting that money, saving it yeah, into a yes. bank, yeah, yeah, a bank no. account, oh, letting it accrue yes. some interest and in, in investing it next year, mate. Yes, yes, I, I agree with that too. What? But I had a thought today. We've got mm. one race left, a turbo hybrid era. Mm. Oh, no, it's still turbo no, hybrid. It's still it's turbo, just being, it's, oh, like this, the, the current this iteration generation. Of them. Yeah. Yeah. We've got one. One race left. What do we think, like overall, of the whole era, the seven years, eight years, whatever it's been? Mate, I think that it ended up converging to a really competitive formula, but it just took us bloody seven years to get there. I think that's the reality of it. And I don't think it's going to be so different next year. I think it might be a little bit more competitive, but you're always going to have the cars at the front and the cars at the back. You might just have more chances for those teams in the middle to do a little bit more. Yep. But I think, you know, had we have stuck to this formula, it probably would have got competitive. But I think what the new regs will hopefully do is create the spectacle. Because I think Formula One in and of itself with time will converge and learn from each other and things like that. But I think the real letdown of the formula wasn't the competition, you know, towards the end it was actually the spectacle that we see on TV and the whole yep. kind of excitement factor that has been missing for the last, you know, for the last almost a decade now in Formula One. I like how um, we're, we're talking about how the competitiveness, competitiveness has finally come back in the last sort of year of the era, um, which wasn't even supposed to be here if you think about it, like they pushed back the era one year. But even still, like with the with the power of hindsight, um, after all these years, seven years, whatever it is, it's still not as competitive, competitive, and never has been as, as the last year of the um of the V eight era. Uh, and like as a whole, it, 
it, it has been in in a lot of words i think the only word you can use is a letdown and i don't like saying that but it has been a letdown like it, it has never achieved even parity with the v8 era in any year and even the best year which was this year isn't even close because we still have a we still have a uh a very predominant likely two horse fight and we have had and the best thing at this year is that we've had a few um different teams win races um, but if you think about it, the best car on the grid other than the other, other than the Red Bull and the um, Mercedes hasn't even won a race this year. Like that's 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 ridiculous. that's crazy. Yeah, but like yeah, that's I crazy. understand what you're saying. The thing that is interesting about your argument is that you're taking essentially an outlier year, which was I think 2013. You're taking an outlier year and making that as if it was the norm in Formula One. I think the no, history never- of form. It's never been the norm. No, but the point you're saying that at the end of the V8 era, we had was eight different winners to start the championship. That in and of itself is an outlier. If we think about the history of Formula 1, we traditionally have two or three powers that will win the majority of the races. And then we have, if we have a few other teams that are able to sprinkle a surprise, then that would be considered on average a decent F1 season. If you think about this year, we've got Hamilton who's won, I think, seven races we've got Verstappen who's won eight races Perez has you know got a race Bottas has a few races Ocon's won a race Lando Norris really should have won a race um Ferrari have looked strong even though they're not one of the top two teams now so in relation to the competition I think Formula One this year has been you know relatively consistent with products that we've seen prior to the dominance of Mercedes and the turbo hybrid era so it's kind of finally got back to what it traditionally was but what we want to see is at the very least a spectacle that allows for more excitement for the fans that are watching on tv and that's what the new regs will hopefully bring about one thing that's the one thing that's that's sad and and it is is that mercedes will well will struggle to get the recognition that they deserve for building one of the most dominant areas of motorsport because in what they did, they made the sport boring. But realistically, it was only boring because they did such a damn good job at you know what they were meant to do and what they were trying to achieve. This this could potentially be like an era in Formula One when only one manufacturer won every championship. Constructor and drivers. Constructors, drivers, everyone for seven years straight, and they had to change it to even and pack up. Like that's that's insane. No matter which way you slice it, that is pure dominance, and and that that goes down to like the way the team is led, the way the team is run, the way the team is funded. Like every asset, every asset. Like it's not. Let's not pretend that other teams don't have that budget. You know what I mean? They definitely do. Is anyone else getting really frustrated with uh, Red Bull? Karen Horner and Helmet. Oh, they're doing my uh, I think absolute head in. I think they've always been like this. I just think oh. this that now that they're back at the top, we're just seeing it all because they're but oh. they've all Helmet Mark has always been the grumpiest, the grumpiest old man oh, I've ever I've ever man. known. He needs and, to be put out to pasture. And, yeah, and but you know what? Like we talk about bloody Christian Horner being showing his true colours. Hmm. Up until this year, we thought that Toto Wolf was the nicest bloody man in the history of the world. Mm. And all of a sudden, we've we've seen what his true competitive streak can be as well. So I love Toto. 
we're talking about a supercharged we're talking about a supercharged environment we're talking about alpha males that are racing on the track we're talking about alpha males that have essentially built up superpower race teams both of them okay from relative obscurity and then they're finally getting from, a chance from to, obscurity not relative they're, from they're obscurity. finding it well they're not obscure in in the sense that they were already established Formula One teams. So there's still something to work from, but they're finally getting the chance to lock horns and we're seeing it on the track and off the track that neither team nor principal nor advisor, whatever it might be, wants to give an inch. So people, I don't know, people can get frustrated with it. I think that it's really just part of the, part of the, the circus that is Formula One. And um, I don't know. I don't know. H, you can't. You can't say that you want people that have character with their funny helmets, but then you don't want team managers to have um, character as well. <laughs> I just think he's a fuckwit. I love you, H. Can I say, can I say something about Christian? Harry Warner? just says you're argue. Harry just said on the chat you're arguing with me about everything. Long. I think. Uh, are you sure you're all right today, mate? You seem a bit cranky. I'm. I'm not arguing with everything, H. I'm agreeing no, with you. most things with you. But I will Anthony. say this. If Christian Horner went to any other team in Formula One, I guarantee you they'd be a, a much better team within four or five years. Um, probably even three like years. Two years. Because I don't rate him. Toto, the four, like, yeah. The four time world champion. He built Red Bull from the from energy drink. Shamble that to... shamble that was Jaguar. And the yeah. shamble that was Stuart before that. I don't know. I don't rate him. And has built his own Super Formula Two team that's won multiple championships and still is very competitive. This, there's, any, uh, anyway, I, I, with I all don't... of that being said, we've got one more race in the F1 Championship to go. It's well, is that this weekend on this weekend, right? Yeah, I think so. Thank God for that because this season has been a long one. But we've got one race left in the championship. We're at a track that. I've got a stat for you after this. That, that has been here. traditionally a Mercedes circuit. However, Red Bull and Verstappen dominated last year in Abu Dhabi, and essentially we've got a you know one race shootout. So, um, a last chance for the season, boys, to put your money where your mouth is. Who are we? Who are you backing to take the title? And do you have any things to look out for in the final race of the championship? I'm backing. Uh, Verstappen only because I've been backing him all year and I don't want, I don't want to change but I have an inkling that he's not going to win the championship more so than ever now and if there was one thing I was looking for I would not be surprised to see that Red Bull lock its tires in between the tires of the of the um of the Mercedes and escort them into a fence I honestly nothing would surprise me less than seeing that the one thing I'm finding funny is that we could have had we could have cut out twenty of these races and had a one year, a one race shootout for this championship, and wouldn't have changed anything in the long run. <laughs> it's just insane. Like in terms of, um, like it's the best case scenario for a final race because whoever finishes first on track is going to win this thing. Like it's 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 that simple. Fastest laps don't count. They literally don't count. A unless they come eighth, ninth, and tenth. Right. That's it. That's the only thing. Oh, yeah. If it's ninth, if, I if, think it's ninth and if, tenth. If, if Hamilton comes ninth and um, Verstappen comes tenth and he gets the fastest mm. lap, he'll win the championship. Other than that, but if they're low in, if they're that low in the standings, I don't think they're going to be the fastest car on track. 
I have a, I think that it's going to be Hamilton to win the championship. I think Hamilton takes pole as well. And I think Sergio Perez is going to qualify in third. That's a great that's a great thought. That has that's no, mine. In, no impact on the championship at all. I think no, it doesn't, but gonna it... qualify twentieth and Mick Schumacher is gonna qualify nineteenth. You've been talking about the importance of the rear gunner all year, then all of a sudden it means nothing for the way the a race strategy. That's so Where, that's what... one of the most ignorant things I've heard in my life. Right. Are you all right, the... mate? Are you all right? <laughs> We've been talking about the rear gunner Jeez. all year. We've been talking about the... Re- I think you guys just want to have arguments with me. I, I think you want to argue, mate. I didn't know we're having a, com- a, a, a podcast of Salt Bay today. No, he's... he's <laughs> so I, I'm right, you're all wrong at all times. <laughs> no, I just, made a, I just made a prediction. Oh, maybe it's your tone. I just made a prediction, mate. I think my... I, I just have a strong sense that Perez might get third. I don't think he's going to be ahead of you know, the two candidates. And I actually had one more interesting point that I want to make as well. When we saw Botas at the end of this race trying to get past Ocon, do you think he was trying, he had to get past Ocon, but at the same time, the team was telling him, even though you've got DRS, you can't be the fastest lap of the race. That's why it was a little bit more difficult than it should have been. Probably. Probably. wouldn't be surprised. Because if, if, be Hamilton surprised? Was, if Hamilton was doing that at the front, with their broken car and Ocon and Otis was getting past Ocon with DRS and a toe and all that kind of stuff. I just found it fascinating that he couldn't get past him as easily as it really should have been, considering how when we were watching Verstappen and Hamilton, how easy it was for Hamilton to get past the Red Bull. So you, I think that, that might have just been a part of I don't, I don't, No, it doesn't surprise me. It, I expect it. I would have expected it, but I just thought it might have been something interesting to, to note as well. So I think that very well might have been the case for him. There would have been no change in the, in the constructors' championship at all. In terms yeah, Hamilton of, would have had one less point. Yeah, but in terms of the team's championship, if they finished in the same positions, would have, that's they would I'm have been. That's what I'm trying to make. Yeah, I wouldn't that's have been surprised at all. Make. Yeah. So I they probably like said, they probably said you can, you'll be able to pass him on the last on, on the last straight, just be within this distance and you'll be fine. Or they said you can try to get past him, but you've got to have your engine turned down a little bit. So I don't know. But that was something that I thought definitely could have been the case just by how difficult it seems for him to get past. What do you think um, of my, um, of my um, what's the thing? Power rankings. Power rankings, yeah. Doing a run through my power rankings, so my phone's not with me. Yeah, I'll just quickly go top 10. You've got Hamilton, Verstappen, Leclerc, Botas, Saints, Gasly, Perez, Norris, Ricardo, Alonso. Well, the first thing that stands out to me is I don't know how Norris is ahead of Ricardo. Because he still he still scored points this race and he finished better than Ricardo last race. He's been better than Ricardo the last two races. You can't just Make a a, a, yeah, yeah, that's, a yeah, standings of the race. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I understand that. I I came up with the concept of the power ranking. Listen <laughs> to this guy. Must <laughs> <laughs> have had a rough um, day at work. <laughs> had a good day at work. Um, I I the only other thing I think is Leclerc in third is a bit too high for me. Fair enough. Um, but apart from that, it seems pretty good. I don't know. I don't know if Ocon. Kind of, and 
Alonso should have been in there based on their last races over the their performance over the last two races. But no, nah, it seems fairly good. I think Leclerc's probably a little bit too high, and I might have tried to sneak Ocon in. But apart from that, no, nah, that 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 could definitely be it. And if you if you're trying to see this also, and you're listening on, just jump onto our Instagram and you can see Joseph's power rankings, which is essentially our I test over the last three races um, for drivers on the grid. Um, guys, that's pushing 50 minutes for the pod now. Um, so I think we'll leave it there. Very interesting race. There's obviously a lot of talking points from the top two drivers in the championship. And I guess the beauty that we have now is that we don't have to wait long to see our champion crowned and to hopefully, you know, have an awesome race. To, to finish off this super competitive season. And I think we've spoken about this being the end of the, you know, this particular era or formula in the turbo hybrid, turbo hybrid era. And what a better way to see out this particular iteration of Formula One um, than with a championship that goes right down to the wire, you know, with um, two drivers that are on tie points who are essentially going into a one race shootout where the top driver or the highest finishing driver will take out the championship. I think we can't really ask for much more than that. And I think with that, we'll leave it there, boys. So if you're listening on our socials, so if you're listening, please um, like the content that we're throwing out on our socials. Uh, Please keep sharing the podcast with your friends, family, peers that you think might be interested as well. Um, And also we'll have coming out tomorrow our second podcast for the week where we review the uh, Bathurst 1000 that took place on Sunday at Mount Panorama so men thanks for another great podcast sorry if it was a little bit salty or a little bit Tabasco charged but that's always a good podcast in our eyes thanks for your time